And welcome back to another episode of Ringing Steel Podcast. My name is Patrick. I'm joined here with my co-host, Mike Hall. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks, Patrick. Well, it's been a couple weeks. We've had a lot of projects going on between the two of us that uh, we'll get to talking about to kind of let you know what's going on with those. But we apologize for taking our time between episodes here. It's been quite the uh, year so far. But a little update, if you are listening on iTunes or Podbean or any of the other platforms, we got us out quite a bit. I mean, I got the distribution out. We should be able to be heard on any platform. And if you know one that we're not on, please message us and let us know so that we can get onto that platform. It would be great to just get it out, share it with your friends, let other people know we're, we're just looking for... To expand our audience. I think it'll be a good thing. We're having a lot of fun with it, and we just want to keep going with it. Well, if we expand the audience, we can get more industry companies on. You know, the big-name companies will be willing, more willing to come on and talk with us and get better information out to our listeners that way, too. Yeah. So we are Ring and Steel Podcast. We are your podcast to get you factual information about the outdoors, be it hunting, be it shooting, be it fishing. We, we started off as kind of a, hunt, or a hunting and shooting, moreover. But we're kind of transitioning because there's only so much of that you're going to do in central Minnesota here come December, January. So we're just kind of expanding out. I know coming up here, I'm going to be ordering some stuff for ice fishing, and I'm going to do a review. I talked to the company with Ice Hole Power, and we're going to be doing a full review on an Ice Hole Power uh, Bad Mofo power box with two lithium batteries in there. And we're going to do some good stuff. Um, today, Mike and I also went up to the general store in Guns Galore in Osakis, Minnesota, which if you're looking for a gun, Oh my God! Do they have they inventory? Had the biggest inventory I have seen in months. I was thoroughly impressed with what they had in stock, including the elusive Glock, which I know you're not a fan of. But no, they had like six of them there, you're and not, that's just what was in the case. You're not finding those in stores lately. No, they had. I well, I sold it for them, but they had a piece, a Sig P365XL with an optic on it. Yeah. That was a nice gun. That 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 is my next carry. The woman bought my carry. Yeah, she, I talked her into buying the gun I wanted to buy. She's going to be very happy with she that. She will be, and I, you know I hope she does listen. Uh, you know, it was enjoyable for me to do that again. I love working gun counter. I love selling guns and talking about guns, and that's why I got into this with you. Is you know, yes, I do the podcast for other podcasts that we're not going to speak about, but. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun in getting into the industry and helping someone else get into shooting sports and getting into the outdoors is a lot of fun. Now, with the shooting stuff, you've got the outdoor side of it. You've also got the home defense side of it, which we've covered with, like, Adam Richardson coming in. And we're going to have more, you know, with Kelly co- coming in. She did a great job on what else you can do besides just owning a gun. Yeah, because there is more to it than just having a firearm as backup. One, if you have the firearm, you have to have the training. And then two... The firearm's not always the best defense or the appropriate defense. You need to know how to have your situational awareness, be prepared, have your skill set, uh, have any other tools that you want to carry. Uh, the One of the ones she showed us, and it's her little hairpin thing. The hair she, pick that's yeah, a shank? Yeah, that thing's pretty sweet. Uh, Flashlights. Kelly, Kelly, if you're listening, uh, I'm still watching your uh, Instagram post, and congratulations on all the training you've been doing. Yes, she's uh, been doing a lot. Saw some of the uh, stuff with your uh, 
boxing protective gear or fighting protective gear on. Looked pretty tough in there. Uh, good going on all and, that. And for those who are maybe tuning in for the first time to this podcast, go back and listen to episode five with Kelly Sayer from the Diamond Arrow Group and go check the Diamond Arrow Group out on Facebook and their website and everything else. A lot of great information out there from that organization and from Kelly. Yeah. So, Mike, what have you been up to since our last show? Man, I don't even know how I get time to sleep anymore. Uh, you sleep? Yeah. Ask my wife. Uh, my kids are getting a little irritated this last week. You know, I, I, I've if I go sit down, I'm done because I, I'm moving nonstop. Uh, we've got the shop build for black market coatings still going. It is dragging out longer than I thought. But as you know, Patrick, I am building that shop. Yes, you are. I, I'm not subcontracting it. I don't have a contractor out there building it for me. I was roofing last weekend. You in... subcontract to a point because I do remember helping well, you place trusses. Well, so I did have a buddy pour the concrete for me. Yep. Uh, I was there that day overseeing most of it because I'm not a concrete guy and I, I won't ever claim to be and I don't want to be. That is labor intensive hard work. Uh, did all the prep up to pour. Uh, I laid all the in-floor heat myself, did all that. Um, I had a buddy, uh, my accountant, so here goes my taxes for the year, helping me frame. Um, he was there for a day, day and a half. You only had one guy shoot a nail through his hand and break his hand. Happened to be my accountant. <laughs> uh -huh. So I'll pay for that come tax time. Thanks, Dave. Um, but yeah, we had a couple of friends over when we uh, set the trusses. Did have a crane operator, obviously. because. Yep. The, I wasn't lifting those up. It, 12 You've foot got walls it. on eight inch cinder blocks. It was pretty high up there. Yeah. A 30 foot wide truss with a 512 pitch. That was a lot of truss. Uh, um, it went but, quick though. Yeah, we threw those up. A bunch, was there five of us that didn't know really what we were doing? No. Nope. I think the crane operator had the most experience and he's like, it's And on I you. was probably second one yeah. with the tagline just yeah. guiding. Um, but yeah, we got those up quick. That went well. Uh, Got the siding or the uh, OSB up on the sides. Got the roof OSB'd. Um, got, I've got just about all the shingles on. Unfortunately, the snow hit Sunday night. Uh, I, I was rushing, pushing, trying to get the shingles on. Uh, did not get it finished. I'm buying a fall harness kit this week. So I can go clear snow next week and finish shingles. Do you want one? I have an extra. Taglines and all? Mm. The whole... No, I've just got the... That's the only reason i got to get the kit so I can get okay. the cross lines and everything. Um, but yeah, so I'll be up there through the next week uh, finishing the shingling. Uh, and then I'm down to siding because tomorrow you and I are installing the garage doors. Yep, uh, we're going to get that garage door up and running. i got to find my bars when we get back to the house. Big step got done this week. Power's to the shop. We can kick lights on inside. I've got 110 supplied. Nice. Um so we're actually, I, I got rid of all my extension cords. I had Yay! About 300 foot, 400 feet of extension cords running out there to run all the tools. Um, but yeah, you know, Blackmark Coatings is going to be running some work out of there once it's up. Um, we are, uh, Blackmark Coatings has had made some pretty big moves this summer. Uh, we picked up Athlon Optics. We're a dealer for them. Picked up Rise Armament. We're a dealer for them. Uh Great triggers. Uh, as we were playing with my 6.5 Creedmoor before the episode, uh, let you feel the RA-434 trigger that's in that. Um, it's a it's an amazing trigger. I've never played much with aftermarket triggers. Um, the 434 is a great trigger. The 535s, are, I think they're top of the line. That trigger is sweet. 
I don't know that I'd recommend it for a hunting rifle, uh, but for competition and some of the stuff that I'm going to be doing, I think the 535 is going to be what ends up in that. I'll talk more about that in the episode, though. Um, we're busy. We're I, I granted I can't keep up with the work. It's a good thing to have right now. Um, apologize to my customers. You know who you are. Uh, I am doing everything I can to turn it out as fast as I can for you, but make sure I'm not dropping on quality on the coatings. Um, I am working on becoming a dealer for a body armor manufacturer. Uh, so right now we're going to start out as an affiliate link so you can order it through us. Uh, moving forward at some point, we hope to actually inventory some, uh, being that you can't get ammo now, I did pick up a Hornady AP, uh, progressive reloader. I've got enough materials on hand. I can load, I think, a thousand nine millimeter. Uh, oh, have, geez, that's worth like a new house at this point. Well, yeah, I was thinking of, uh, yeah, if I could get those together and sell that stuff, I'd be uh, taking one a round year at off. a time. I told that to Adam Richardson. Yeah, I, I've got one round of ammunition. I know, I know what, what I've got. I know what it's. I'm worth. looking for a side by side. Don't lowball me. Yeah, after you did all that work to a side by side. But yeah, I haven't set it up yet. Uh, I've got a bench dedicated for it. Um, I'm not going to set it up in the garage on the house and wait until the shop's built to there get you that go. up. Um, I'm going to dedicate a space just for that. Uh, another news, we're working with Ty Brower from the Buffalo Ridge Coyote Hunt down in Marshall, Minnesota. He is also a uh, Silencer Central rep. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do a coyote hunt with him uh, hopefully in November sometime. We're going to record a podcast with them when we're down there. We'll film some of the hunt. Uh, we're going to use that to provide some member-only content through our Patreon, which is live. However, we've got to rework some of the member levels. Yeah, um, you, you, I, I just, I just need some... the login. You know, you leave the IT guy to do the tech stuff. Well, it's the the amounts and what we're going to include. I understand. On them, so I'm just saying because I can connect that to a lot of other stuff yeah. too. Um, but. You know, I just threw some generic stuff in there to get it going. Um, but, yeah, just working my tail off. Um, you know, the podcast has suffered, unfortunately. Uh, I feel bad because this is this is probably the most fun thing I've been doing. Oh, you don't like we... roofing? No. The framing I actually enjoyed. But uh, not roofing. Not roofing. I'm not a fan of it. Okay. No. My knees, my back. It, it, see, I've got this really sweet thing. It's called an extension ladder and 72 bundles of shingles that need to be on the roof. Start walking. Yeah. We've got most of them up there already. So for me, since the last podcast, let's see. I stuck a deer. I did get my first yeah, deer did. of the year. Um, went through both lungs and the heart. Yeah. Made it maybe 15 yards. I couldn't find a blood trail hmm. when I first shot it. It phoned my arrow. I was say, the arrow was bloody. Yeah, the but, arrow was but it was nice like a messy. slick blood. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that might have been, you know, was I too low and too far back? I, I'm like, I knew I had a good shot. Did, you know, and you start questioning yourself. So I knew where he was because it's in Buckthorn. We have a lot of Buckthorn where I hunt. So I kind of went back into the brush and I was walking back, didn't find any blood, didn't find any blood. Then I saw him laying there. So I knew he was dead and down. He wasn't breathing or anything like that. So when I walk up to him, it was a little button buck, mm -hmm. just a fawn. And I was like, oh, shit. I have not yet killed a female deer. Everything I have killed has been a buck. I'm getting sick of cutting certain genitalia off of my animals when I'm cleaning them. Do you cringe every time you have to cut? Oh, my God. It's just, it's every time, though. It's everything I've killed has been a buck. It's been a male. I'm just like, are you kidding? One doe. Can I get a doe? 
Well, I still have one tag left here in Minnesota, so I'm 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 still hunting, and I can still get a buck or a doe on that tag. I've got a lot of doe on my property. I okay, I'm getting there. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll get there, but couldn't find the blood trail at all. And for those who may get into hunting or haven't been into hunting, that's how you usually track your deer down. I got lucky in knowing where it was and that it was so close. I mean, it only was 20 yards away, if that. My dad comes out with the four-wheeler to drag it out, and he goes, what do you mean there's no blood? Because when I got up to him, there was like a pool of blood underneath him. He's like, what do you mean there's no blood? There's blood here, there's blood here. He went around the tree the other way. Oh, yeah, there was about a three-foot-wide trail of just blood. (laughs) Like you just drug a, a bag of blood through just everywhere on trees, squirting all. Okay. He did not suffer. He went down. And I will tell you, if you ever have someone who doesn't eat venison, making a venison Wellington will turn anyone over on venison if they'll eat it or not. That yeah, was amazing. I saw the pictures of it. I'll throw those up on I was going to invite myself well. over that night. But, um, but you know, I'm, I'm running a Barnett velociraptor crossbow i'm about 350 feet per second with rage broadheads the three bay rages and i've never seen a deer bleed like that i've shot deer with guns i have never seen blood like (laughs) that and i've gone through the lungs i've gone through the heart two inches wide cutting surface is a lot of cutting surface it just is that's the rage expandables yeah those are good blades so, you know, plug out to Rage because, yeah, they're a great, great thing. The last thing I wanted to do before I forget was if you do want to go to Guns Galore, they are on seven or 15 West Main Street in Osakis. Uh, Google them because I had a different one. It was on Central Avenue, but that's what her card is. That might be her mailing address. Um, but it is Guns Galore. Uh, or- it is 204 Central Avenue, Osakis, Minnesota, 56360. Thank you, Mike. What are their hours? Their hour is Monday through Friday, eight or sorry, Monday through Thursday, eight to six p.m. Uh, Friday, eight to nine. Saturday, eight to five. They are closed on Sundays. There you go. Uh, really nice people there. Um, Very knowledgeable staff. Yeah, they uh, they're offering jobs if you can go in there and sell guns too. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, it's a long, it's an hour drive each way. I'm not gonna really jump on that one. Other than that, let's see. I winterized my boat and put that away for the year, so that's done. Uh, pulled out my ice house, and that's why I was talking to Ice Hole Power, which I found out is a former ammo guy like me. Yeah? I was messaging him, hey, you know, thinking about trying after I do a review, is it okay to do a review on this podcast channel? And he's, you know, going back and forth, well, my uh, picture from a Facebook when I'm messaging him is the uh, ammo piss pot, is what they call it, it's the logo. And I just get it back a message. If you ain't ammo, I'm like, oh, God, he's an ammo troop. Sweet. This is awesome. Small world. But real nice guy to work with. Very knowledgeable. He's got a lot of YouTube stuff out there of testing batteries. So if you're thinking of going with a Dakota Lithium or any of the other batteries, go watch his video. Look up Ice Hole Power and go watch his videos. It'll give you a very good idea of what this is. And I know that's a lot of people look at him just for ice fishing, but the bad mofo that I'm getting, if you're going to be sitting in your hunting stand and you want to run some electronics while you're sitting there, some 12 volt electronics, it'll work amazingly to do that. Yeah. Stop you for a second. I really like the name of that thing. A bad mofo. The bad That's mofo? actually the product name, not just the nickname you've given it. That is correct. Yeah. So that's some of the stuff I've been working on getting ready for this year. I switched from my, uh, Garmin four that you went ice fishing with me last year. Yep. To now I'm running the Garmin 7SV with the same ice power, but the same deucer and everything. 
but I'll be able to do a lot more with like bottom lock and stuff like that. I was going to buy a Vexlar. I'm off of that now and can do more with what I've got. So it's one thing after another, but you know, it's going to be a good year and I'm looking forward to doing the show and having fun with it. I think it's going to be great. Now, that being said, you've got a giant. Yeah, I brought a monster with me today. AR build here. So we're going to put some pictures out on this. Um, I do have to preempt this with saying it is not finished yet, as in Cerakoted. Um, you know the saying, the shoemaker's kids? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm the shoemaker and the kid. My stuff does not get completed always. I was happy to get the gun built. Is what I've got here today with me. It is a 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh, I've got an Alex Pro 24-inch stainless fluted barrel with a Butcher 30 cal muzzle brake. Anybody that hasn't run that muzzle brake, um, check it out. I've actually got the same in the uh, 223 on my 10-inch AR. I can single-handed run my AR pistol. Uh, that thing cuts so much recoil. Um, ARs don't have recoil, man. Well, on a 10-inch pistol, I have a seven and a half. They, they recoil. You ain't single-handed in that one. But let's get to the build here. So as I drag it out, this behemoth, what, what would you guess the weight on that is, Patrick? 1520? Yeah, I'm guessing at least 15. It is a heavy gun, but built for a reason. So like I said, it's a 24-inch stainless fluted barrel. Not um, something I would take elk hunting? No, I would hate to have to backpack this. You know, and talking about that, the, the 6.5 Creedmoor, I'm just starting to get into researching rounds and stuff. Um, when the 6.5 came out, you know, it was a wildcat round. It's made its popularity. What it, was the 6.5? Was that originally a 2.23 or what was the base cartridge? 308. It was a 308. Neck down 308. Okay. Um, completely just, I'm not a Creedmoor yeah. guy. So I you I know, ask. a lot of people aren't because it, it's kind of like that new flashy thing. Hey, look over here. I've got something shiny. And yeah, new. but I've got a 300 blackout. That, that's why I asked. So Yeah. Um, but the ballistics on the round, just for some long range shooting, prairie dog hunting, this thing's going to play well out there oh um, you're not gonna recommend my prairie dog gun that i recommended when i was at gun counter oh which one was that 458 win mag i didn't catch that yeah I, I used to recommend that when people would ask what it was for because i'd hand it to them it was a beautiful 700 yeah. 458 win mag they're like good god man what do you use that for prairie dogs and i would do it dead just straight faced and watch the people who knew guns behind <laughs> them just start laughing yeah so you know it it's got a flat flight. It's uh, the rounds I'm running right now uh, for barrel break in and just starting out, you know, getting the scope zeroed, getting the gun set up, um, shooting Hornady Superformance 129 grain SSTs. Factory loads, I'm not loading my own yet. I do plan to long term, um, but I'm not there yet. Like I said, I haven't even set up my loader. I'm just getting used to what the gun does. This gun first outing through barrel break in i believe i put 35 rounds through it that day uh what we were at the range for five hours i mean it, it's a long process when you have to clean the barrel after every shot um i was holding better than a half inch moa at 100 yards for those that don't know half inch moa at 100 yards 
those rounds are basically touching each other when they punch right. the paper. You're, you're less than a half inch of spread. Uh, minute MOA is minute of angle. That's how far your spread is. Uh, one MOA at 100 yards is one inch. You know, I just thought of this, and I shouldn't say this on the air, but we're going to do an episode so I can get this plug for later. We're just going to do a whole episode of gun terms. Right. Because, oh my God, is there so much out there that people are like, MOA? What's that? What's a mill dot? What's, yep. you know, all these different things when you're looking at stuff. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, got a half inch of MOA, you know. Well, here, let, let me, uh, where is it written down? So. And then let's talk about ammo, SST, boat tail, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. What does this mean? I think we could do a full episode on that, but that might be something we do on video as well. So we can demonstrate a little bit more. Sorry so for going you'll, off you'll the like rails here a little bit. So my my optic that I have on the gun right now is an Athlon Eris ETR UHD. It's a 4.5 to 30 by 56 millimeter uh, APRS1 FFP IR mil. So it's a mil dot. Okay. It's a first focal plane illuminated reticle mil dot. Right. The only reason I'm shooting mil, my first scope that had any fancy features as i'd call them what happened to be mill i picked it up used from a buddy he couldn't figure out how to use it how to get it into focus because it had parallax adjustment on it right so he struggled uh the parallax brings in the target into the same focal plane as your crosshairs correct highly important especially for long range shooting that was uh, an athlon argos first gen i bought that used I can use that scope. I've got it mounted on my Ruger Precision 22 that I shoot match with. Uh, great little scope. Um, my brother shoots them on a Not 6. Uh, I've got buddies that shoot them on a 223s all day long. Um, I did step up on this one. You know, 6.5 Creedmoor. My goal to this gun is to break the 1,200-yard mark. Okay. I need an optic that's going to reach there. That's why. So you've got the 4.5 to 30 that's the focus so minimum focus is four and a half times maximum focus is 30 it's a 56 millimeter objective uh i cannot remember the size of the reticle on it it is turreted like we said it's got the parallax adjustment it's got uh what a four inch sunscreen or sun shield on it for glare which i don't really need right now since there's no sun in minnesota for the next six months yes but you will once the uh reflection off right. the snow comes trust me um i threw a utg bipod on it uh just a cheap little bipod off amazon but these things are great they're sturdy they're stout um they're not spring loaded for extending the legs or retracting them but um it's the one of the most stable ones, and I think I paid 15 bucks for that. So that's the cheapest part on the gun. Um, running an uh, excuse me an RA 434 Rise Armament trigger. Like I said, this is one of the first times I started playing with aftermarket triggers. This thing is great. It's three and a half pound trigger. It feels like about a two pound trigger. Right. It's got a very short stroke and it's got a very short reset. You can hear and feel the reset, so you know when it's reset. Uh, you're not letting it all the way out. You don't have to punch this trigger. Um, it's very comfortable. Uh, I've got a Luth MBA-1 rifle stock on it for the 308, uh, and I'm just running Magpul 10-round magazines, and I threw on a Magpul MOE uh, MO handle hand, hand, hand grip. Grip. 
yeah, hand grip on it. Yeah, Mike, as of today, could not talk. Like, I have no words. We we were in the truck coming back from Osakis, and I'm like, "What well, do you want food?" He's like, "Yeah, I want food." I'm like, "Where?" He, uh, uh, pick. Okay. I don't care. Um, yeah, everything we talked about today, I could not remember a word to save my life. So, Patrick brought that up as a concern prepping for a podcast. Uh, luckily, I do. I don't script my show. I do outline show notes and outlines. So that's why I'm able to get through today. Um, like I said, this gun performs. It is a heavy gun. It part is a very heavy gun. Part of that is for recoil control. The 6.5 kicks. It kicks pretty good. And I don't know what it kicks like in a light gun. This was my first time playing. Actually, my take it back, my second time. The other 6.5 that I've shot was a JP built. Uh, it was two-thirds of this weight. And it had a little more recoil, but not a significant amount. It was a gas tube controlled uh, heavy muzzle brake, so it was well controlled too. I, um, I had an AR-10 from DPMS in 308. Yeah, and that thing booted like a mule. Uh, when I built this one, I built one for a customer that was 308, identical gun 308. It's as heavy as this. Actually, it's slightly heavier because the barrel on that one's not fluted, okay. and it's a little bit larger diameter than this one. Gotcha. Um, so a true bull barrel. Poor guy told me he's going to use that hunting. Good luck. For I hope what? you're sitting in a stand on a turret. Yeah, but, you know, on his, we threw the Athlon Argos. He loves that scope. He, he couldn't ask for more scope. And that's that's what I consider a budget scope. It's around the $500 mark. I think it's actually $400, $500 with so, the cantilever mount. that being said, a lot of guys, when they're looking at scopes, even looking at Leopold's or Vortex, there's guys out there that'll go get a Kimber Custom rifle and throw a $300 yep. scope on it. Which is not bad. Don't get me wrong. I have no arguments. My rule of thumb I've always done, whatever you pay for the gun, pay for the glass on top of the gun. Or you, close. You know, that used to be the thing with the optics I'm seeing now. With what Athlon's doing, um, Vortex, Swamp Fox, their entry lines are actually a lot higher grade than what used to be. I know how oh, it had to have been 2000 and. 2005 i bought a remington 700 cdl and 270 uh i threw a loophole scope on it which cost the same as the gun did right and that was a fixed crosshairs no no drop no three to nine yeah a great scope clear as can be um i hate the thing now because i'm getting so used to all these features right you know it's a guess on holdovers with that scope because it's a straight crosshair. There's no marks on no, it. No, and that's what I, I have on my... I have a Vortex Diamondback 2, and it's a 1.75 to 5. Yeah. Or uh, to 7. I can't remember off the top of my head. That's what's on my shotgun. Yeah. But with my shotgun, I'm not reaching out. And yes, it's just crosshairs. I yeah. don't need bullet drop on that scope. Right. I'm only going out where I hunt. 75 yards is a shot. That's Minnesota. Well, I also hunt inside the woods. Right. Which, speaking of which, I didn't get to cover this. I was out hunting last night. I'm bow hunting. I had 14 deer in front of me. 14. Does and fawns. And he's only shot one this year. I couldn't shoot one because if I would have shot one, I would have shot two or taken a horrible shot. Yeah. There was no choice. The fawns were doubled up. So anytime I had a shot at one, there was another one right behind him. So it's like, oh, I'm not taking that shot. I'm not sticking two deer. I have one tag. That's not ethical anyway. Right. 
then you get the other ones that are, you know, they're quartered away, but it's somewhat brushy, and with a crossbow with expanding broadheads, do you want to take the shot of clipping a twig and having your broadhead go completely haywire on you? Yeah. My dad had that happen. He put his collar on wrong, shot his crossbow, and he shoots 410 feet per second. His broadhead opened. It's a fast bolt. Yeah. The one I'm looking at is uh, 460. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to the Raven crossbows eventually. Um, it opened up and hit a tree. He sounded like you took a baseball bat and hit that tree oh, as hard yeah. as you could. We can't get the broadhead. It went through <laughs> the three-inch tree. The tip of the broadhead sticking out. Nice. He actually cut it off and it has it at the house. Just because it's it's just one of those cool little, huh. But yeah, it went through three inches of wood. And yeah. that was probably 15 yards away. But no, with glass, you don't have to do the double. That, that's right. been my rule. But what you do need to do is get yourself good glass. Yep. Um, and like I said, on this one, I, when I went and sighted it in, I was actually running the Aris BTR. It's the next model down from the ETR that's on it now. Uh, really can't tell a difference looking through them. I've not sighted this new scope in. It is mounted. Um, supposed to get out every weekend, but obviously with the weather lately and the shop building, I just can't justify some of the time at the range. And with the cost of ammo and availability, Luckily, six five is available, but man, it's not cheap. So, I'm no. hanging hanging on to that right now. I do hope in the next week or two. Actually, I need to get it out in the next week or two because we're going to be uh, coyote hunting here pretty yes, soon with are. this gun. Um, hopefully, be looking for a suppressor for it. Uh, I was hoping to do that in the last week or so, but I'm just too busy. Um, I, I spend a few minutes here and there when I'm on the web doing other work, and I'll break for a minute and look at suppressors and. That's a whole nother, that, that's like a five show topic right there, looking at suppressors. Um, but like I said, I'm pleased with the scopes. I've sat on my deck looking through this scope. Uh, the longest range I can see from my deck uh, through the neighborhood, um, I think it's pushing about 720 yards. And there's a shed at the end of that. And you can look at the wood grain on it and you can see every little flake. Uh, it's amazing. So you're, you're seeing that your neighbor needs to repaint his shed. Yeah, he needs to paint that thing. <laughs> I, I'm actually willing to bet that shed's older than me. Um, Probably. So. Oh, in Zimmerman? Yeah. Yep. Um, but like I said, along with that, you know, I've, I've got a few options at the house with Athlon Optics. Um, Black Market Coatings does have an inventory right now. I've got a Midas TSP3 Prism. It's a three-power red dot, a uh, nice little optic, you know, if you want to go on a short AR, something like that. Uh, I've got a Midas TSR-1 red dot in stock. It's a little, it's a bit smaller uh, red dot. Uh, be nice on like a Hellcat or like that P365. Okay. Um, I've got an Argos BTR Gen 2, 6 to 24 by 50. Uh, I've got that one in, and I do have another Aris BTR Gen 2. Uh, that's a 4.5 to 27 by 50. Um, everything I have in stock right now is a mill reticle. For no other reason than that's just what I shoot. Um, I've ordered in a couple for customers that were MOA. Um, they like the math of that better. I built dope cards, and I carry all my stuff with me. It doesn't matter what I'm shooting. Because I'm going to have to do math for every shot, basically, anyways, to figure out holds or if I'm going to adjust the turrets. You're going to be a pain to take hunting. No, no. When you see a deer and you have to pull out a book and a calculator in order to take that shot, nope. I'm just going to make fun of you for hours. Nope, 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 nope. 
I'm going to <laughs> pre-range everything, figure out. I will have a, I, there's a good chance I'll have a dope card hanging off the side of the rifle, but I'll know, okay, if I'm between 100 and 150, I'm going to get this drop. I'm not going to waste time with my little wind meter out, checking everything. What's my barometric pressure? No, it won't be that bad. Um, and then you do have some uh, AR parts in stock. Man, have I got some AR parts. So I just received uh, two 20-inch Luth AR bull barrel kits. Uh, I'm getting in two more 16-inch lightweight kits from Luth AR. Uh, I can't even tell you how many Luth stocks I have right now. I, I didn't even bother counting before the show. Um, is what I'm doing with these, I do keep lower receivers on hand. So I can sell the customer the lower receiver, sell them the upper kit. They can put it together, but I will Cerakote it whatever color they want. Uh, I've got some pricing worked out for that. If you're buying the gun, you get a discount on your Cerakote so we can make it a color. Um, I do have a couple pre-assembled build kits. I mean, they're not assembled. It's an upper, lower handguard. Uh, I've got one with a 17-inch handguard that's sniper gray, and I've got one that I've actually included a... Luth AR MBA 5 stock, uh, upper, lower, and a 10-inch handguard. Um, if you're interested in anything like that, give me a call. at uh, Black Market Coatings is, uh, what's it, 763-280-3930. Uh, look up Black Market Coatings online, uh, blackmarketcoatings.com. Um, so, yeah, uh, I do have Rise Armament triggers in stock. I've got uh, Rave 140. I've got a 535. We might have to talk because I need something different in the M400 and I SIG. I'm trying to think if I have any 434s left. Actually, the 434 that's in this one, if it comes out, I can sell you that one. Um, I do have a big order in with Rise right now. Uh, they're running pretty good on getting me inventory. Athlon's amazing. They've been knocking it out of the park. Um, one to two weeks max pretty nice. much on everything. Mounts, uh, sunshades, optics. I think right now this scope that's on this gun was the one that took the longest to get. It's well, it's like a foot and a half long, man. Well, yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a massive scope. Um, it's right up, honestly. That scope is right up there with a Night Force on size. Yeah, yeah, size wise for sure. Um, I've never well, I've looked through one Night Force. Um, without doing them side by side because it was a few months apart. That's I'm a hard sh- thing to do. It, it's it's hard to do. For what I what the retail price or map price is on this scope, I'd buy this scope before a Night Force. I, I agree. With I that. have three kids and a wife also, so I'm not. I don't have Night Force money yet. Um, huh. But <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, you know this gun build right here, sitting probably about forty five hundred dollars. Right. Almost five grand. The way the gun's sitting on the floor. And you haven't even finished it. No. No, and and that's not with the 535 trigger in it. Right, no, I know. Or some of the uh, work that I was talking about earlier, you know, love the gun. It functions well. Uh, I did show Patrick before the show, uh, the bolt's a little bit hard to drag back. The lock in the chambering, it's a little snug. You can pull it back, but it fights you on the beginning, so we're going to do a little bit of polishing in there. Um, but said, the thing drives tax all day long right now. I've think i'm sitting at about 60 rounds through the gun so far and that works i so. mean it's it's a great looking gun it's you know one of the higher end ar type platforms you're going to see yeah it's not your entry level it's not even a mid-level it's no. not and you know alex pro builds some quality products uh that one's actually sitting on an alex pro lower most of my lowers are range tool 
Okay. Uh, they manufacture lowers for others, but they also run their own line and just put yep. their own label on them. I think I have one of theirs as well. A lot of people will be like, oh, it's not an arrow or it's not a this or that. You know, if you're a standard mil spec lower, they're all the same. They're all 7075 aluminum is what I see the biggest difference when I'm working on guns is the anodized coating. Um, no offense to stag, but I don't think they're anodizing theirs because I can rip that stuff off so fast in a media cabinet. You give me a uh, range tool, an Alex Pro, an Arrow, whatever, their their anodizing processes are locked down and okay. that stuff's in there. Um, I don't have to strip the anodizing off, but if it's starting to come off, I have to take it off in the media cabinet. Right. And that can be, you know, it's patchy on some of them. Um, it happens. Anderson. You know, people bag on Anderson now and then. I've gotten my 10 inches built on it. But do you have a Hess or Hesse, whatever it was, that no longer make them because they exploded? No. Okay. Derek's Derek's got one he uses as a uh, doorstop at Midland Armory up in Foley. Yeah. You know, it's everything's mil spec. Uh, It's based on the dimensions. I think my, my personal thing is, and it goes back to your mil spec, get something that works for you. Yeah. If it works for you and you like the look of it, if you want to go get the lower that has the skull around the magwell, go get oh, what that. What is that? Spikes Tactical it is makes spikes. those. Those are... And then the hog. Those are pretty sweet. They are. They're sweet. The, what's it? The Trojan? They have the Trojan. They have... The skull. The skull. They have the ho- wild hog. It's a I haven't seen phase. the wild hog one yet. Um, they have a bunch of them. And, and they're cool, but in to the, my opinion, they're kind of gimmicky. The unicorn one we saw down at... Right. Uh, Osakis today um, that comes pre-filled and painted. That's the thing. You know, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Cerakote today. Uh, we haven't spoke much about it on the show. No, not at all. Ironic, because that's what I do. Um, Cerakote's an aftermarket coating. It's a ceramic. Uh, I spray the H-Series mostly. They've got um, multiple lines. H-Series is an oven cure. It's a pretty durable coating. It's more durable than most current factory coatings. Whatever Glock's putting on their guns now sucks. Um, well, it's a Glock. Easy there. The uh, <laughs> the bluing that they're using now is a lot weaker. It um, is. Coming from Arizona, we didn't get moisture in our guns, in the house, in the safe. In can, the, you, can you back up and just say you don't get moisture and that would pretty much... Pretty much, can. yeah. There's, there's like once a year this wet stuff fall from the sky. Oh, monsoon season where you got four inches of rain in three hours for yeah. like three days straight. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we didn't have to deal with that. Since I've moved up here, I, I oil all my guns. I've got an old lever, Action 3030, that's mint condition. It's 1959. It's my favorite gun in my safe. Just because it's the old cowboy gun. Right. It's lever action. I, I shoot it occasionally. I've probably run 30 rounds through it since I bought it 15 years ago. Um, keep it in a sock and I keep it oiled. It doesn't, yep. it won't see rust. It's just, it's like a heritage. No, it thing is. It's, it's a hand me down to your son. Too. Uh, yeah. So, but this year has been insane. I've done 10 to 15 guns in the last two months that were, physically rusted beyond external repair without having a plating surface done prior to a coating. So there, oh, wow. there is heavy pitting in it. Uh, the barrels were fine. I, you know, 
coming from with a background in engineering, I am looking at this stuff. I'm, I'm looking at your gun. Is this pitting going to be detrimental to the performance or safety of using this gun? I've not had one yet that was of any concern. Um, but once you get that pitting in there, you'll that gun's not going to be re-blued again to get that factory original no, look. No, not at all. So, you know, we've got Cerakote. They've got... Armor black, graphite black, gloss black. I don't care for the gloss myself. It's not a high gloss. It's a glossy black. It lays out smooth. It looks good if that's what you want on your gun. I, guns, to me, shouldn't be shiny when they're painted a See, color me, unless me, it's gold-plated like a Henry. But my thing with guns, and my dad wondered why most of my guns, I mean, my current carry I haven't touched yet, but most of my guns, when I get them, I try to go two-tone. Yeah, I, I like the FDE yep. for the lower and then just the black slide. Yep, That's personal. My dad couldn't figure it out. I'm like, because when I pull it out, it doesn't look like a gun. Yeah. You know, my daily carry Glock right now, it's uh, desert sand on the slide and it's FDE on the lower. And all the little parts are desert sand. Um, also has Wheel of People uh, stenciled down the side on each one because America and 2A, right? Yeah, you don't. Do you know what's on mine? On my carry? No. On the back of the slide is the Punisher flag. I'm the one who got that. Oh, yeah. And then on down the side of the slide says Punish Thy Enemy. Yeah. Which I might, I might want to replace at some point in time, just thinking about it. You don't want to use that in a self-defense situation. Yeah. Because that's yeah, evidence. It can be. But that is the motto from my right. old, old uh, military. Yeah. Um, so, But, you know, a little bit more on Cerakoting. The process for people to understand when I, you know, when they call to get a quote, there I've got to charge you a fee of labor because it's all time. You know, I've got to tear this gun apart, and when I tell people you can tear it apart yourself and get bring it to me, but I also like to be able to put it together, make sure everything works and functions. Um, there's a few guns that I know for at a 92s. You can't coat the inside of those. Tolerances no. are so tight on those. My Glock. I could put 10 coats on the inside of this thing. It's still going to run. It's kind of like an AK of handguns. You could throw it in the dirt and it still functions. Um, my ARs, I specifically coat the inside because it gives a little bit better of an anti-friction surface right. on it. Um, but two, when I say a gun needs to be torn apart, there isn't a single part that cannot be attached on these firearms. You have to strip them down in a media blast cabinet to prep them. You've got to be able to hang them, get paint in everywhere. And if there's anything that cannot physically come apart that's moving, it, we can't paint it. Right. Because if I got a media blast it, you're going to get media in there, and that part's never going to function again. Right. No, I, I understand that. And you and I have talked about that because I'm going to – we talked about my shotgun. I'll use yep. that as a good example. And I asked you, I said, should I get it Cerakoted or should I get it dipped? And oh. your opinion on a shotgun that I'm using for deer hunting or duck hunting. It, it's it's up to the customer. Um, I personally like shotguns hydro dipped for the camouflage. I can't do a real tree or a shadow grass blades pattern. I'm not an airbrush artist. I can airbrush. I can shadow. I can do some of that. But for that realistic camo, uh, we've got the hydro dipping. It's a different process. It's a base coat process. It's a dip through an ink floating on water it's kind of a cool process for anybody that wants to look it up on youtube you can see how it's done um and then a lot of people will just leave it at that it's a decently durable finish there but i'm running uh 
Big Brain Graphics, a company out of Louisiana that I buy a lot of my stuff from. They actually sell licensed Mossy Oak film. They're the only place you can buy unless somebody's buying from them and reselling it. Um, but you can, I can buy pretty much all the Mossy Oak patterns from them. Um, the They have their own clear, and they have a flat clear that I prefer. Um, and the clear is durable. This stuff is great. Perfect. It, I will put that on anything. I've actually got one of my own guns. Finally, finally dipped a gun a few months ago of my own, and it's up for sale. Because <laughs> you get something done, you got to sell it and get the next project going, right? Right. Like um, cars. Yeah. Yeah, that was my problem with cars. So, but yeah, you know, the, the Cerakote's a great protective coating. Is it the end-all, be-all? No. Uh, everything's going to get damaged. I try to make sure my customers understand. I show them my daily carry. I've been carrying this one for over a year. It's worn. I've put a lot of rounds through it. It's in and out of a right. holster daily. It's been dropped in the dirt, kicked. Uh, it's been abused. It looks great still. Uh, it has the battle-worn look from actually being battle-worn now. <laughs> uh, most of the guns I'm didn't doing... I mean that that way. I, just I actually happen. am doing battle-worn looks intentionally on guns. Um, just did an AK pistol. Things freaking sweet. Awesome. Burnt bronze, black distressed. Uh, left the wood alone because the tone of the wood goes right. with the bronze real well. Um, if I remember when I get home tonight, I'll throw some pictures out before. Yeah, the we'll be throwing some pictures up. up on our Facebook page. Um, we'll get that going. Uh, again, if you want to be on the show and you have something, message one of us or message the page. We'll get back to you. It'll either be Mike with his phone number or me with a Colorado number. Don't be surprised. And the if you message me and I send you back a phone number, it may be an Arizona number. I've actually got two now. Minnesota I know you do. And... So that, that's why I oh, asked. I... So let us know if you're looking for a topic, if you want us to cover something. If you want to plug a product of yours that's outdoor related, please, by all means, come on in. Let us know. We'll get you in here. We'll talk about what you got going on. Ice fishing's coming up. If you're a rod manufacturer, please let us know. I want to try out some new rods. Yeah, we want. We are looking for reviews to do. Like I said, I'm reviewing our current stuff right now. Um, but if somebody's out there, it's got a product they want to hear a review on. Let us know. We'll either try and get in touch with them, or if you know somebody that can, we can get in touch with. Uh, we'll do reviews. And it's not even something like if you are that manufacturer and you want us to review your stuff, and you want to come on with us and do the review with us. By all means, I have no problems with that. But that being said, we're going to get going here for the day and call it a show. Um, it's been great. Um, look forward to doing some more of these. We are getting bigger. If you're looking to get some advertising with us, we are looking for advertisers to help us out. Just cover some of the basic costs that we have with doing the show. Uh, message us on Facebook or give Mike or I a call directly. Other than that, we are Ring and Steel Podcast, and we will be having more episodes soon, hopefully with yep. the... Coyote, Coyote hunting. hunting. Um, we have deer hunting coming up in the next couple weeks for Minnesota. Yep. So there's going to be some more stuff to talk about. Other than that, I hope you all have a very wonderful, wonderful day. And we will talk to you later. Thank you.